Shit's about to get messy. Real messy. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it up to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. What is shaking mess makers and welcome to another episode of meet my mess podcast the podcast where we talk about the messiest parts of life with me your host carissa harrison i'm entering this week with a better mindset than last week last week i was clearly very depressed and anxious so far my cry count this week is only at two I was really just starting to feel so, so tired of being depressed and anxious, and so I just decided that even if it doesn't work, I'm just going to try and just, like, move forward with a better mindset, and hopefully things will slowly get easier, so I'll keep you updated. Only two cries, so doing way, way better. I have... Since this new attitude this past week, I'm acting like I had a rebirth over the weekend. I just smoked weed and watched Real Housewives of Atlanta, but that really apparently refreshed me, refreshed me. And now I am in the mood to hit summer full throttle. I am in the mood to be wined, dined, romanced, eaten out, fucked. I am back in the dating game. It's safe to say. The past two years I've been in, out, like no one's really caught my eye. Still no one's really caught my eye, but I'm feeling more open to meeting someone lately, as you can maybe tell by the past episodes I've been figuring out more of what I want still don't know if I want a boyfriend or if I want to be single and just like fuck around don't know that part of it but I know more of what I want in the people I'm with like dating and considering and all that and I feel confident in that aspect of it so we're having a good time my roster has steadily increased we're moving it back down though we all know that I have my notes app and I have the three guys in my phone that I talked to that week and this week I had to had to open it up to four but I already know on Sunday which guy is going to be eliminated from the list so I might as well just eliminate him now um this week no one asked me any questions so I'm going to ask you some questions. I have, although I'm feeling more positive and more like myself this week, I, (laughs) sorry, I just started thinking about something shitty that happened today, but I have some things that I am feeling lost on and I need advice on and I need some impartial advice on because The people around me, although I love them, of course want me. Okay, first, let me tell you what's going on. So I'm in the process of looking for a new place to live. I have been in my house, my mom's basement, for about a year and a half now. I thought I was coming home for a two-week vacation 
two week visit when the pandemic hit. Um, and then I just never moved back to my house. So now I've just been here for a year and a half and it's time for me to get out of the house again. I, yeah, I'm getting, I'm an adult. I've lived on my own for four years and like, I can't, I love living with my family. I love being around them every day, but it's just time for me to move out of the house and back onto the world and back onto being independent. And yeah. So with that being said, my family, I, okay. So I'm looking for a new place and I don't know where I want to live is basically the gist of it. My family and my friends obviously give the advice that I should be here close to them, obviously. Oh my gosh, this Siri, I need to fix that after I do this episode. Um, But my family obviously wants me here. I clearly want to be near them. Um, And my friends want me to be here. And they, for the most part, with the exception of my one old roommate, all plan for their lives to stay in Vancouver. They plan to live here for the rest of their lives that could obviously change but right now like that's their plan to, is to stay in Vancouver which I get it Vancouver is amazing it's we're so lucky to be in such a free place here in Canada and we're near the ocean we have the city we have good food good people all that so I get it but I have faced a lot of trauma here in Vancouver I was sexually assaulted here I lived with my father here I was in toxic relationships here I had toxic friendships here majority of my depression has occurred here in Vancouver and so there is a large part of me that feels just an overwhelming feeling of anxiety all the time when I'm in Vancouver because I don't know. There's triggers everywhere, honestly. And I know that if I worked through all of this, it would be a place I think I would learn to really enjoy and love. But I think that that is still going to take me probably about three or four years of therapy (laughs) to get through it, to be honest. Like, there's a lot to unpack. I'm not saying that to play the victim. We all know that there's a lot to unpack. So um, I don't know if I want to force myself to live in a place that triggers me so much while I work through these things. And not only that, I just love change we know that I love travel I like to move around I never like to stay in one place I like foreign people and foreign lovers more than I enjoy the ones here so that is something and so I'm feeling pretty lost at the moment I know that I can always change my mind and move always, but 
Yeah. Then, so it's a classic head heart dilemma, right? Because I, the only downfall to me moving to wherever else in the world is one, I just started a new job. Hopefully I don't hear this. Um, And two, I don't want to be away from the people I love. Like my friends are the best people in the whole world. I love them so much. And I, I know that moving somewhere else in the world is not going to um I'm not going to make the same caliber of friends I have here. I've had the same friends I've had since I was 15 years old here and I love them so much and they're important to me and I've I know that I can be without them and then we would I would come back and it wouldn't be the same because I've done it. I have moved away for years and came back and our friendships like still are what they were. So that's, it's not my fear that I'm going to lose my friends, but it's, or my family. Like I know that they have, they're supportive of me regardless of what my decision is, but it's just that I'll miss them and I love them and I don't want to be apart from them. So it's a dilemma. Um, so where's on the list you ask? So Vancouver's obviously on the list. Um, other areas in BC, Whistler, Vancouver Island, things like that could potentially, but probably not because maybe Whistler, probably not either of those actually. Scratch that. Um, Where else is on the list? California, New York, back to France, London, or like Gold Coast, Australia. (laughs) In those other, those really far places, those wouldn't be, I don't think, permanent moves for me. They would be three-year visas, one-year visas. Um, Yeah, just so I can be young and travel because I love it. So if you guys have any insight on what you would do if you were in my situation, I would love to hear it because I feel so lost and the people around me, although they're giving me good advice. I th- it's obviously a bit biased, I think. So next. Oh my gosh, I just panicked on my mic wasn't on because I've had a long day. Um, and I'm ready to just conk out, but I had I'm still drinking coffee so that I keep on a roll. Okay. Next question. There's only two. These were things I was gonna ask you, but since I don't have any questions, I just said that I was replacing questions of the week but really I was just wanted to talk about my sad life just kidding I have a great life so what bothers you guys more about this podcast this is the question I want to know I am currently so each month I invest a certain amount of money into the podcast to make it better more enjoyable um better quality because I don't want to just like throw a shit ton of money in at the beginning because I honestly can't afford to. So what bothers you more about this sad, sad podcast? Just kidding. But some some aspects of the podcast are sad, like my shitty background and my shitty lighting. <laughs> just kidding. Oh, one sec. That was funny that that happened though. 
for those of you that are just listening, as I was saying, my shitty background, my light totally just fucking died. So let's hope that it's gonna. What's going on, buddy? Why is it so hot? Jeez. It's like what? This is annoying. All right, I'm gonna have to pause this and figure this out. I'll come back. She's back. She's back. She's back on the podcast. Yeah, she's back. She's back. She's back on the podcast. Oh, she's bad. She's back. She's back and bad and on the show. She's bad. She's back. And now I'm back to questions. Yo. Okay. So what is shittier about my podcast? My shitty background. Did I press record? Okay. Yeah. My shitty background. Like I want to redo all that obviously because I love my map but it's not for it's not a cute background we can all we can all agree I could have a neon light I could have photos I could have a good great background it would be a more aesthetically pleasing podcast to watch so does that bother you more or does like my camera quality and my audio quality bother you more that's the real question right now So write in and tell me what is worse and what would make you happier so I know what to spend my money on. Eventually, it'll all get better, okay? We all have to start somewhere, but um, yeah, I want to make some improvements now. So on to today's topics. I've realized I need to stop introducing like, oh, I'm about to tell you what the topics are now. You are you ready? Are you ready to hear what we're going to talk about today? Instead of I could just tell you, I could just start talking about it. But we're working on it. We know that. Sexpectations. So. We're going to talk about this in multiple realms. If you haven't already guessed, sexpectations is expectations around sex. It could be physical penetration sex. We could be talking about the sex of a baby. We could be talking about anything to do with sexuality. But we're going to talk about the expectations associated with these things, mostly in the media, different forms of media. Now, this is something that I have written papers on that I'm very passionate about that little geek sociology Carissa loves to talk about. So I'm stoked to do this episode. Um, so the media teaches us our roles in society, in the bedroom, these are roles associated with gender or sex for the most part. Um, if you don't know what gender roles are, I'm sure you do. But I, like I said before, I hate it when people talk about things like they pretend, like when, and 
people have a full-on conversation about something that sounds super interesting, but you're like, what the fuck did that word mean? I have no idea what we're talking about. So anyways, gender roles is the role or behavior learned by a person as appropriate to their gender determined by the prevailing cultural norms. So we can, in our society, this would look like it's changing, obviously. We're improving always as time goes on. But this is how it looks, is the woman stays home. She takes care of the children. She, uh, sorry, she takes care of the children. She cooks. She cleans. She also works probably a lower paying job, but she still works the same hours. Maybe a teacher, maybe as a um, waitress, something along those lines. They are... The one holding things together, but they are not the one that is the most powerful in the household. That's just not culturally how women are influenced and taught to be. And you can say, okay, yes, we're improving and things are getting better. And that's not what people expect out of women these days. But everything in the media around us completely tells us otherwise and I'm not talking about social media so much here I'm talking more about I'll give you more specifics but more in uh, video streaming type things you'll see in a second but yeah so that's what it kind of looks like and for men it's you pay you make the higher you have the higher paying job um men are more so this isn't a heterosexual relationship of course but I think that this can apply in queer relationships as well um whoever is the more deemed the masculine energy i guess in the relationship is allowed to have a wandering eye more so than the feminine energy and the masculine energy is expected to make more money they're expected to be the confident one they're expected to be the protectors they're expected to be the dominant ones is the key thing there um and we really do see these expectations everywhere everywhere around us you guys I know when I'm talking about this you think of people on both ends that come to your mind that are the alpha male or the like the demure female but we weren't just born like expecting to clean and cook and have babies and things like that that wasn't how we were born right from the time we can process information we're taught to just go into these roles to follow these roles because we don't know any better that's what your child is hood is for is to be taught and to be to discover and when the things you discover and that inspire you those characters fall into those gender roles, you automatically follow and take on those behaviors. I hope that makes sense. But I'm sure that you guys have heard of this theory before. I don't know who actually um, wrote the theory, came up with the theory, but there is, this is not... I'm not the first person to think about think about this, but I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. And I'm going to tell 
what I've learned from my point of view and how I see it. But the overall theory is something that someone else has. Lots of people have discussed. And that is the expectations and the way that Disney and Pixar, mostly Disney, um, they really teach us these gender rules. This is from a young age. Um, It starts at a young age and it just keeps getting reinforced throughout the rest of our lives. So Disney is the most insane place to see these kinds of things. Um, We have have had Disney in front of us since day one. You see women assume their role as the demure, quiet, dainty damsel in distress that needs saving. And men, the men in all of these movies are assume their role as the strong, dominant saviors that the man comes and saves the woman and afterwards the woman owes her life and her existence to this man and is expected to love this man and to have this man's babies because he saved her from a bad situation that she got and because she was a woman in the first place because a man fucked her over even and also the characters in these movies alone totally just sexualize females and males too the way that they depict these inanimate they're not inanimate like animals let me let me see i have a photo i'm gonna share my screen (laughs) um but they have these there we go let me see share screen i feel like i'm giving a fucking lecture huh one second okay but anyways so while i figure this out they have this is why i need a producer to do this for me um yeah whatever never mind i can't look up a photo i'm gonna post one though uh holy fuck this light hates me today we're just having issues Anyways, the animals have these, the female animals have these crazy long eyelashes. The fucking mice have long ass eyelashes, big, big natural honkers. They have blush. They have lipstick on. Their asses shake when they walk. They have these long, crazy long hair. Like, why is a mouse sexier than me? Like, they're already making fun of how I look at two years old. The fucking mouse is sexier than me. They're already making me feel self-conscious about how I look and the fact that I have small tits and small ass at eight years old. Because of a fucking mouse. You know how self-conscious little girls are? Mm, forget about it. And... We... These movies teach us from the time that we were three years old... We're taught that the perfect man is extremely, extremely rare and that we should worship him once we find the perfect man. Don't even have to be a perfect man or just appear to be a perfect man. A lot of the fucking princes are dicks. Like, 
fucking the beast asshole. She just like falls in love with a narcissist. Cool. Like what? (laughs) And then after she's like supposed to like worship this man because he was a dick to her and like for the rest of her life, she's just with this dude and it's supposed to be fairy tale and it's romanticized and it's supposed to be what we as little girls aspire to. It's like pretty sick if you think about it. And yeah, we're taught we should worship the men that we date. We should always keep our mouth shut. We should always let them lead. Those are obviously problematic things for self-explanatory reasons. Um, we're taught that our whole lives amount to this moment where we finally meet our husband, meet our one true love. These women are often so depressed and sad and something's just terrible. And as soon as they meet these men that they, they are just overcome with joy and happiness for the rest of their lives and everything's good once they meet their perfect person. This is clearly where this thought process comes from, not just obviously Disney, but things like this that we yeah we just start to and every like every woman part of her there's always like part of her at some point in time that they have thought I really really cannot wait to meet my person cannot wait to fall in love get married I'm sure every man has too. It's natural, but it's just crazy that love and relationships and all this like is such an prevalent part of our lives. These romantic relationships are so, so, I don't know, important. And part of that's biological, but I think a lot of it's also cultural. Um... Yeah. Sleeping Beauty was going to fucking die if she wasn't kissed by a prince. She was in a coma. And then as soon as she's kissed by a prince, she's so, oh, oh, I can finally see clearly again. Oh. It's like fucking, like, creepy. It's, like, not okay. You can't teach men that they can just, like, kiss passed out girls. Kiss Teaching little boys that they can kiss passed out girls or that their kisses are enough to save a girl's life. That's the most ridiculous shit I've ever heard in my entire life. You think that fucking 10-year medical doctors... Okay, I get it. I get it. We're talking about fantasy. We're talking about pretend... You think fucking, let me finish my point. You think doctors of fucking 10 years, if, okay, I, my point was relevant. I was going to say if doctors of 10 years can't awake Sleeping Beauty, then neither can the prince, but like there were no doctors in Sleeping Beauty. So now I'm just getting off track. I'm just going crazy. But like, yeah, still Disney sucks. That's all. Just kidding. I don't know. I, this is going to be controversial. I honestly didn't really watch Disney as a kid. I was a very anxious child as I am an anxious adult and every bad guy terrified me everything terrified me or made me anxious as a kid um any like Ursula and the Little Mermaid terrifying any bad guy anyone with a hint of mean emotion out in my books 
And so I didn't really watch much Disney as a kid. I didn't really play with any toys either. Like, so I know you guys are asking, like, what the fuck did you do all day? I literally just danced around my room and like, that's it. That's I was literally so obsessed with dancing. That's literally all I did. I like lost friends as a kid because they would always say they don't want to come over to my house anymore because all I ever wanted to do was make up dances. And like, they don't want to make up dances all the time because not everyone likes things you do. You fucking narcissistic bitch. Sex expectations and advertising. So it's no secret that advertising, like ads are directed to male or female a lot of the time. So we can take deodorant as an example. Female deodorant is marketed as fresh, floral, non-sweat, ready to go be out on the dance floor, partying in your cute dresses and your small dresses, looking nice and fit and feminine and small and cute and silent. Whereas in male deodorant commercials, they have guys pumping weights. Holy fuck. So we have the men lifting the weights and then they're sweating their asses off. They're marketed as must smells targeted at the manly man. And I get it. I understand. It does appeal to a lot of people. But I'm here to focus on why this is problematic. Problematic. Yeah, I can say problematic. I just fumbled. But no worries. Brush myself off and I'm back. As we see people identifying how I know you didn't get that Siri because you don't get anything because you're a stupid bitch as we see people identifying however it may be gender is fluid in our society at this point I would say that that's a fair statement to make yes there are many people that still identify as straight but I would say we're getting to a point where almost equally a lot of people identify as bisexual, at least like here in Canada. Um, it's pretty like open minded. Um, a lot of people identify as bisexual. A lot of people identify as pan or being open to just dating whoever. A lot of people identify as queer. A lot of people identify as two spirit. If you don't know what two spirit is, you should do some research. It's really interesting. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot like gender is very fluid in our dis- in our society and it's most damaging to children who don't see their identity present on TV. This has been a battle we've been having for a long time when it comes to race. I feel like seeing more black faces, um Middle Eastern faces, things of that nature. But I think it's time we start talking about gender on TV and that representation not just gender, but sexuality and like different sexualities being represented on TV. Um, Not people who just identify as gay or lesbian, because I think that that we 
obviously there's a long way to go, but I think it would be really interesting to see someone who identifies as pansexual on a show. And I think the more that we normalize people's sexuality and gender and media, the more people are going to become open to the idea because it's just going to be something that they hear and it's just going to be something that becomes normal. And it won't become so, although this is pathetic in my opinion, um, it won't become so hard to digest for those who don't aren't on board with um, openness with your sexuality and gender. Um, because I think a lot of that is just fear of what they might find out about themselves or about others or I just personally, that's what I think. Um, because why else do you really give a fuck what anyone else is doing with their lives? It doesn't affect you. So um, it excludes a whole population of people. Like advertising excludes a whole population of people. There's a massive population of people who don't have advertisements directed at them. People who fall into male and female gender roles aren't seeing the beautiful world that is the queer one on in advertisements and yeah we're not all gonna fit into the boxes that society has taught us and that society has made up for us so it would be really nice to start seeing some diversity in that way but a Bigger thing, I think, is that those who identify as non-binary, etc., have a loss of hope when they don't see people like them on TV or in advertising because, one, it's hard to imagine your dreams coming true um, when you haven't seen someone like you do it for whatever reason, like just be... I don't know, because maybe you haven't had the resources to learn about the person who's reached the same place as you, or maybe because like there is just fucking discrimination in our society still and people, non-binary people and those who identify as queer aren't given the exact same opportunities as those who identify as heterosexual, heterosexual meaning straight. Um. So when you don't see your kind of person represented on TV or on advertising or whatever it may be, you wonder, okay, so what is for me? This deodorant's for, this isn't like obviously a very good example, but this deodorant's for her, this deodorant's for him. What about me? Do I just use either? But it wasn't for me. Businesses, you're also missing a fucking massive people who are just looking for someone to acknowledge them in the media and um make them feel seen and represented you are missing that massive market market if you're not targeting everyone it's just simple math yeah so it's sad to see people have a loss of hope because they their people like them aren't given the same opportunities and that needs to change it's like really nice to see things like RuPaul's Drag Race and things like that where although RuPaul's Drag Race isn't necessarily a completely healthy representation of the queer world LGBTQ plus world um and that's like a whole nother story but 
you can like research into it. I, my biggest problem personally with it is just like the way it reinforces eating disorders. But anyways, that's a topic for a different day. Um, but in the thing that it is doing that is really positive is airing on a massive platform conversations about exclusion and loss of hope because of exclusion and not seeing people represented fully in the media in wherever it may be disney advertising porn sexpectation number three porn so porn is the reason i give good head though i i thought i was an absolute fool for not being able to deep throat a whole fucking banana when i was 15 years old but because i watch porn from such a young age because i'm such a little horny bitch i learned how to fucking do this kind of stuff so that i could give good head and reach the expectations of those around me and be freaky be sexy and make sure that everything with me was in check for the people i'm gonna sleep with i give good head it was really fucked up how I got there. You weigh out the options for yourself, but I'm going to pretend like I'm not thankful for it. <laughs> Just kidding. This is, it's really fucked up. And like, I hope for future generations, for me, it works out. I'm fine now. I'm not traumatized because I've watched porn. I actually very much so enjoy porn. Um, but I hope for future generations little girls don't and men don't have to deal with little boys and little girls don't have to deal with these expectations that we have put on ourselves because of porn so this is again something that may seem quite self-explanatory but i would like to give my two cents um so obviously porn depicts um a lot of rough sex a lot of the time and this creates this expectation that all girls want to be tossed around and choked and have nipple clamps on them and electrocuted or should want those things it also creates that expectation that we like those things or we should want those things if we don't want those things then we're not good in bed we're not good at fucking she's not a freak she's not crazy she's not wild because she doesn't do the things that fucking i don't know lana rhodes does um which she's fucking hot and she can do some crazy shit so good on you but i worry about those who have had some unpleasant sexual experience sex isn't always good it can be very very scarring it's very intimate and those who have maybe had a rough experience in when it comes to sex like a sexual assault 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 experience or something along those lines um they might not want to be choked on the first date 
they might need some easing in and they might never want that. And that's okay. There are lots of male partners who, oh my fucking God. (sighs) My ring light keeps like overheating and I'm contemplating whether I should just fucking continue without it. No. I think this has answered my question for me. I think that I need to up my studio game up the background up the lighting i think that's what's gonna have to happen the ring light breaking answered the question for me now tell me where to live all right let's finish this sucker up um so i don't want you to get me wrong here though but i sorry let me get to the messy part first not all girls want to be thrown around if they've had a shitty sexual experience um you need to be conscious of this. I would say the best way to feel out if a girl is into this or if the whatever the submissive partner in the relationship is into this is to straight up talk about it. If you're going to be fucking, you can talk about it. I don't understand why people are so worried to talk about sex when they can just like when they have it all the time. It doesn't make sense to me. Actually, epiphany. It does make sense to me because I hate talking about like bathroom type stuff and I have to do it too. So, but yes, I would say the best way to go about it is to have a conversation. It can be a sexy conversation. It doesn't have to be um, serious. It w- I would literally just be like, so what kind of things do you want me to do to you? Boom, easy. And then the person will tell you and then you know where they lie, what arena, what level we're playing at. Satanist or... Mary Jane. Mary Jane was probably not the right name to use. Um, Okay. The other thing is just like body expectations. I don't want... I'm going to start by talking to the dudes first. I don't want you to think that because you see eight-inch schlongs on Pornhub that you are not satisfying your girl it's i can only imagine it's really fucking discouraging to always when men put so much stock into their manhood and uh they're so proud of it or ashamed of it i can't imagine every time you watch a video try to get off having to think about the size of your peen because these porn stars are just absolutely packing maybe have fucking implants i don't know what they're doing to dicks these days dick these days that could be a good topic for an episode Hmm. something to think about um but i don't want you to think that you are pleasing your a woman or your man any less because you don't have an eight inch long there's a good chance you're pleasing her more because you don't have a nine inch long or a 10 inch long because trust me i've had sex with those dudes and like just fucking hurts you're not really having that much fun i'm not getting off it's just a lot but if you do have one you know that you're fetishized and there will be girls out there who will love your big dick including myself i'll take whatever size if i'm into you i'm into you and um for the women please don't worry about your vagina 
if it's has a little bit of extra skin, if it's a little bit darker, if it's a little bit lighter, if it's rounder. Like literally, I have never seen a vagina that looks the same as another one, except for on Pornhub, because they all have surgically altered vaginas and tits and stomachs, and they're wearing ten pounds of makeup that was professionally done with professional lighting and professional cameras. And this is their profession. They've been practicing this for years. So please don't compare yourselves to them in the bedroom. If a guy is doesn't think that you are meeting up in bed because they see something different on Pornhub, that's their issue, not yours. You being confident in what you got is going to be the sexiest thing. You letting go is going to be the sexiest thing. So just don't worry so much about the genitalia you're seeing on Pornhub. And before my ring light dies, I want to wrap this episode up. I'm feeling back on my creative train. I'm feeling like my juices are back flowing. So I'm really happy about that. Thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for listening to the episode. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating me five stars because I know that if you haven't already, that was the exact reminder you needed to go do it right now. And um, I don't really have a good inspirational message to go out on. So party hard and fuck harder. (laughs) Bye. (laughs)